The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Can we open our Bibles quickly to the book of Psalm 40? Let's start from there. It's our school of prayer this beautiful day. Psalm number 40. Let's just read 10 verses together. I just want to do some Bible reading today to start our teaching for today. If you are there, say amen. Amen. All right. From verse 1. 1 to let's go. I waited patiently for the Lord and inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the merry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many we see and fear, and we trust in the Lord. Verse 4. How blessed is the man who has made the Lord his trust, and has not turned to the proud, nor to those who lapse into falsehood. Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders which you have done, and your thoughts toward us. There is none to compare with you. If I will declare and speak of them, they will be too numerous to count. Verse 6. Sacrifice and meal offering you have not desired. My ears you have opened. Bond offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. Nine. I have proclaimed the glad tidings of righteousness in the great congregation. Behold, I will not restrain my lips, O Lord, you know. I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great congregation. Amen. Amen. Now, before we continue, let me just read verses 6 to 8 again. He said, Sacrifice and meal offering you have not desired. My ears you have opened, or a body you have prepared for me, if you read that from um, Hebrews. He said, burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, note that verse 7 again. Then I said, then I said, I'm not saying you should read, I'm just reading again again for emphasis. Then I said, behold, I come. In the scroll of the book, it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. Notice that he said, then I said. Don't forget that. Before we take our seats, let's take our declaration of understanding as we begin to study today. One, two, let's go. And the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom. Wait, 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 wait. It's what? It's not what? And it's not what? A meditation, all right? It's what? A declaration. Now, let's do it again. One, two, let's go. That the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. All the time. Amen. 
Praise the Lord. I said the Lord is good. All right, let's continue today to look at the scriptures, our school of prayer. And what we want to do again is to teach how to pray, how to pray effectively. I want to remind everybody who comes around, when you hear prayer here, this is not really the place of prayer. It's a, what is it? It's cool, thank you. So even though we pray, the more important thing is that we learn. Even though we pray, the most important thing, the more important thing is that we learn so that we can continue to make that a habit when we live here. When you pray with your family, do the same things you see us do. Like Paul said to Timothy, the things you saw in me, those things you see me do, you saw me do, the same you teach other people. So when you notice the way we pray, the emphasis is always, is never, let me from the negative side, the emphasis is never about them. Um, you know, the devil or his agents, those are not the people that will make our emphasis in prayer. The emphasis on our prayer is always God himself and our relationship with him. The emphasis is on the will of God. We have a series titled God-Centered Praying. Please go and listen to that series. Prayer is supposed to be centered on God. You know, I was listening to some messages over the last few days and trying to acquire the messages, actually. Then I kept on running through, I said, why is Christ not, you know, emphasized in these teachings? No matter how good something is, it is not true spirituality, except Christ is emphasized. This world is full of, now, let me, let me just explain this briefly. You know, I sat down today in my house, you know, because um, just like most of you, I didn't go out really, all right? So I was sitting down just thinking about the nation. And after a point in time, now this will make you laugh. I was imagining campaigning for president. That is, I'm running for president. You know that everybody's running up and down, telling us one thing or the other. So I saw a clip of one thing one of the candidates said somewhere. So I was not trying to imagine that. If it was you, Banky, what would you say? So I was now, you know, I was now campaigning to myself. And because I'm home alone, you know, so nobody to campaign to. So I just kept on thinking. But that made me think. And really, because I was campaigning to be president, do you get my point? I actually had to think of things I would do to make the country go forward. And I came up with a number of how to solve many problems. And you know what? I am absolutely certain all those solutions will work. Yes. If they could be executed. If they could be implemented. I, 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 would just, you know, I have some understanding on you know, the different types of money, you know, commodity money, gold standard money, fiat money. Now we have all these kind of modern cryptocurrencies. Now, just thinking about all of those things, how can you create fiat money and turn it to real value? And I just saw the real, no, it was so clear. Hey, then I felt like giving one of these people say, guys, this is how to change the country. Then when I finished campaigning to myself, with all my beautiful ideas that would turn this country to a developed country and first world country and half world country, in heaven, in just about, give me five, ten years, I'll do that. I was thinking. Then I burst into laughter all by myself again. You see where I'm going. Why did I burst into laughter? I'll tell you. <laughs> I said, Bank, you know what you have done? You have designed a beautiful circuit. You have designed a beautiful machine, but there is no electricity. I don't know whether you're getting my point. I was just meditating. It was as if I was telling the Spirit of God, say, I know what, I know this is foolishness. That no matter how good these plans are, 
except they are infused with the spirit of a blessing, they never work. Oh, you think everybody that went to Asurok went there to steal? You think everybody that went to Asurok went there to confuse the country? No. I can assure you, many of them, I don't want to look like I'm campaigning for anybody. I can mention a number of names who sat on that seat and they wished they could get everything right, but they couldn't. So as I was sitting there writing my plans down in my head to run for president, <laughs> I was laughing at the same time that this is not the issue. Please let me beg Christians again. We are, we are going to vote in a few months. All right? Is it not much to vote? Is it February? February, we're going to vote, which means just about five, six months from now, right? Okay. Please, everybody, go and vote. I ask you to vote. They will allow you to register. If you have not registered, go and register. And vote. If you register, go and collect your voter's card. And vote. It's good. All right? It's a good thing. Well, can I beg you ahead of time? Don't think that guy you want to vote for will change the country. He can't. There's no, nobody. Now, I'm not thinking just because of the people that are coming. Because I like or don't like all of them. No. It's just that it's not within them. It's not within them. When they sit on that seat, they know that something else is controlling this seat. When they sit down on that seat, they suddenly realize that they can wake up in the morning, they want to talk, and voice, their voice will not come out. See, to be a president is not a joke. To rule a whole country like this is not a joke. No matter how blessed you are, if the people are not blessed, you can't bring forth a blessing. That is, no matter how good a person you are, that is why can I beg Christians again? Hmm? Don't join those who criticize the government, especially the president and the federal government. Don't. What is my reason? You say, what if they are doing something that's not right? You are fighting a battle. So just choose the side you are on. You cannot be in the Nigeria army and they are invading, maybe they are going to fight, okay, let's take these bandits, Boko Haram and all of that, and you're spending your energy criticizing your captain. I don't know where you are getting my point. It's not about whether he's right or wrong. Right now, you are in the battlefront. You have to be on his side no matter what. Even, listen to this, this is how it works in the military. Even when you don't agree with the command, you obey it. Why? You want to win. When you finish, when you finish that battle, you can come down and analyze the steps. But you cannot be analyzing steps while the battle is going on. I say to Christians all the time, there are no critics out there. We don't need you. I mean, why are you applying for a job there are like 20 million people doing? They won't want you to do. They are not up to 20,000. Intercessors. Those who are fighting, you know, who are by their prayers and declarations converting what is wrong to what is right. That is, they make a decree that is wrong. You say, don't worry. We'll go and pray about it. We remove the power of that decree if it's really wrong. And cause it to execute only that which is right. It's fight. You say, does it mean I agree all the time? No, it doesn't mean you agree all the time. But like I always say, if you don't agree, write somebody a letter. Don't come to social media to whip up negativism in the populace. Don't write on WhatsApp and disseminate nonsense. At the end of the day, you make people bitter, angry, and they release a negative spirit into the air. So the person who's in charge cannot even do anything, even if you wanted to. If you have a brilliant idea, why don't you write it down? Go to your senator. Go and talk to him. Go to the House of Rep member. Cover your district. Talk to him. And they will not listen. Then shut up. Because if they won't listen, nobody, only the devil will listen to the one you are saying. Because the way you are going about it, God is not listening to. What am I saying? So get on your knees. You know, when I talk like this, the interpretation amongst unbelievers is that you are an APC supporter because APC is ruling. But those who know me long enough, they don't talk that nonsense. 
they know I am saying, please, let it be said. The day of judgment, God will say, no, this was not one of the people that crippled the ability of the government to do well. Because you see, they tempted God in the wilderness and limited the Holy One of Israel. It is possible for you to limit what God wants to do. So just make sure you are not one of those limiting it. Don't forget, when they grumbled against Moses, everything they were saying were factually accurate. They were in the wilderness, there was no water. They were hungry. Yet God destroyed them for it. So the fact that you know how to analyze economics is not what we're talking about. You think there's any economic policy in this world that makes sense? There's no, I've seen economic policies. All of them don't make sense. I saw one clip on one interview a few days ago. And do you know what? I immediately went online trying to search where I can find the whole thing. I need to listen. A, a man from China and an American, they were analyzing the effect of you know, democracy and free market economics. And the Chinese man gave facts and figures to show that it was a bad idea. That if we have to go by facts and figures, over the last 30 years, that having a dictator over you has paid more countries than having this free market and free democracy people are talking about. And he was giving facts and figures. He was giving facts and figures. He will show you that, okay, Hong Kong developed. Were they a free democracy? No, they were being run by the British. He can, see, he, he, he will pick and pick and pick and show countries that dropped this and went this way that what happened to them? I, I, I saw only a few minutes of it, all right? Maybe like two minutes or less. But it made me want to look again and say, no. Let's, what, what's the whole thing this man is saying? I started searching online. I couldn't find it. I was hoping to be on YouTube so that I can watch the whole video. But where am I going? Don't think there is any economic theory that really works. When Israel developed to be an empire, they were a monarchy. When Great Britain conquered virtually the whole globe, they were a monarchy. With all their democracy, you know, they've been shrinking every day since. Great Britain is no longer great, you know. Now, just to let you know that don't put your eyes on material things. That's my emphasis. I just took a side trip there to remind us again. See, no country progresses because it has good leaders. Countries get good leaders because they have been blessed with progress. Do you know, the other day I started to analyze what's going on with the gun issue in America. I look at America sometimes and say, no, this country is not the way it is now because people, they have sense. Because if you see the facts and figures on this, they are gun violence. I say, how can thinking people not do something about this? Al-Qaeda brought down the Twin Towers, killed 3,000 people in a day, and you went to war over it. Yet, gun violence kills, it kills that amount every other week. <laughs> in a year, much more than that is killed every year and year out. And you have no bother to solve it. I'm not saying they are worse than we are, but I say we are all human beings. Madness everywhere. Yes. To let you know what brings forth progress is spiritual. That's the point I'm going to make. But people want to make it look like it is physical. It's not. It's not. It's not. There's no human being that's going to change the country. They all go there with good intention. When then they... You know, let, let me say this again. You know, many of us, eh, we are used to solving only small, small problems. What we want is food. The biggest thing we have ever thought about is how to build a house. So even, even, even if they give you the greatest power in this world, 
we channel it to collecting 2,000 square meters in GRE. That's what you are thinking of. You know, some people, they say they do money, money medicine. For what now? To become multi-millionaires. Now, you see where I'm going? Real men in life, eh? you know what they are doing? What they are looking for is power. Please, I'm going to explain something here. Now, as they are doing their spiritual activities and all of that, they're not trying to get housed in GRE. They are trying to control the destinies of men. So if you believe in anything spiritual, let me tell you, in this country, you know, where, you know some people are saying, my, my mother-in-law is a witch, she's pursuing me. She's obviously a jobless person. You know. I'm not saying she's a witch or she's not, but you can see that she's not busy. If your mother-in-law was the chairman of, uh, uh, of a mobile, you know she can't have the time to be a witchcrafting, poverty-stricken human being like you. <laughs> I don't know whether you're getting my point. When you're calling somebody a witch, over you and the person, both of you are jobless. Who will be calling Dangote a witch? Does he have time to witchcraft people who can? If Dangote wants to do witchcraft, it's against Bill Gates. <laughs> do you get where I'm going? Yes. I come and visit there. I say, two of you don't want to work now. Those who are really busy, they can't be jazzing what their daughters in law. They would rather give daughter in law a job to come and help them move things forward. Where am I going? Those who have spiritual power, they are not focusing on 2,000 square meters. They are not putting your sons-in-law and daughters-in-law. You know what they are focusing it on? Where there is power. When they want, like in Enugu now, if they want to do spiritual power, is they go to land building and be cooking. They will surround government house and be cooking. Because they know whoever sits there has power. If you only have spiritual power, you face as a rock. That's where the power is. It's not with your son-in-law. Do you get my point? That's a, see, any point they say, nobody's mother is a witch. Just know that that woman is jobless, the son is jobless, the daughter-in-law is jobless. All of them don't have anything they are doing. That's the truth. What am I going to do all of this? In? So you see, in, in a country like ours, see that seat of government. Eh? That is where the people that have power, that's where they are firing their real spiritual arrows. That's where they are firing their real spiritual arrows. They're not interested in small, small things. Now, so, listen, it's not a joke. You put a government on seat. Every government eh, is going to spoil some things for some people. Every good policy you make is bad for some people. It's as bad as some people are really crazy. You know, when the first time, that's 99, right? When the passenger came to power? 99, okay. So, yes, 99. So, by 2000, yes. Around 2000, this GSM revolution was kicking off in Nigeria. Remember that? Yeah. They told one young man that, you know, talk, just talking about the, the GSM stuff, you know what he said? So everybody's going to now carry a phone, a mobile phone, and he hissed. Yes. He felt, no, some of you are too young to understand that that time it was a sign of power to whip out a mobile I remember one day I carried a mobile phone, you know? It was not my own. In fact, the phone was not even with me. It was just the case. My auntie had one, had a new one. I was in Lagos. And I wasn't sure how it worked, so it's okay, please. Let me check. So I took the case and the manual to work so I could read it and tell her how to use it. I left the case on the table in the residence room in the teaching hospital. I did that deliberately. <laughs> you don't get the point. I left the empty carton of a mobile phone on the table. Knowing that everybody will pause if they pass there. Of course. I did deliberately. They just come in. Ah, they'll pause. Go pick it up. 
Wanky, is he yours? No, not really. I look. I knew they will pause. Because how many mobile phones do you see? I remember this is just a joke. One day I was with a friend of mine went inside his car, went inside Lagos traffic. One man, one middle-aged man was not driving past us. The man was talking on the phone. The guy told me, Banky, Banky. See his cellular phone. He said, hmm, Selubaba. I remember very well. I still remember. This guy was a banker. The guy shouted, Selubaba. That's how he said. So that's why for some people, when they said everybody will not have one, it didn't feel good to them. They are killing off their... Their pride, their bragging right, what they used to distinguish themselves. So, now that's a long story just to explain a simple point that every policy you make, some people don't like it. You may say, hey, this, God, this power is not constant, this power is not constant. What within Nigeria is constant power? I can assure you of one thing. There are at least 20,000 people in this country that if you give them the opportunity to give us constant power, when they are not looking, they'll kill it. They will kill it. Why? They sell generators, they serve generators. They sell diesel. And most of the diesel we burn in, in this country is to power all these our generators. You think human beings are Jesus Christ? You think they all go to church? Many people don't have any faith at all. So when you bring forth... Now, what I want to say with all of this is this. When you bring forth a good policy, those who have understanding, they can go home and spiritually kill it they will offer sacrifices so that it will not work. That one I know for sure. I don't want to bore you with too many stories. Practical ones. One of our brothers is in in their place, you know, one of these um, riverine islands. Their company, one they decided that they were going to, their their company used to provide for the whole island, island water and power. Okay? Now what did they do? They had generators in different places. So, they supplied diesel and all of that. And the, the whole place, the whole village, the whole town, very big town, the whole town has um, power from that. Then they had, uh, what do you call this, tank uh, no, reservoirs everywhere where they would be getting, you know, putting water for the people in the town. They wanted to decide, now that was their early days. So, of course, as they were developing, they said, okay, next, we are going to pipe everywhere. Pipe water to homes. Get waterworks and make sure you guys have water 24 hours. Revolt. Can you believe that? No, people said no, nothing like that. People said nothing like that. Why? They were the ones that operated the tankers that was carrying the water from one place to another. So for you to have water, you just open your tap. No, now. The company had to use force. No, we will not agree. It was a real battle. Sometimes when they talk about it, they will let me not say things. You know, some of the things that are going on there, when you find out, you'll be shocked. The same thing happened when people say, okay, now, we have built our power plant. We are connecting everybody to our power plant. Trouble started again. Now, this is power plant where you don't pay a dime. Where you get power 24 hours. Where they announce ahead before they switch you off. That place, we need to do maintenance. We need one hour. So, we'll take power off between 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. Yeah, people said no. So if you think you, might, you think everybody goes to your church, the one I heard recently that knocked me out happened in this city. The head of the institution went and compl- no, the governor went to visit them. What are your challenges? They said that um, 
water and all that. I said, no, now. We have functioning waterworks. And they can supply you for water. So phone calls were made everything. Within the next um, few days, they had re- repaired the pipes, done everything, and water started flowing constantly. It went on that life for like a week or two for a few days. I'm, here, I'm telling you a story from insiders. And then one day the water stopped. Ah, uh-uh. what's going on? What's going on? When the investigator found that somebody had dug up the pipe, cut the pipe, and stuffed it with rubbish. You know, bags, stuff like that, and that's the end. So they did an investigation, and you know, whatever, they tried to fix it and all of that. So the man in charge went and reported, make a long story short. The next thing that happened to him, armed men entered his house at night and asked him whether the institution was his father's property on water supply. After that, he kept quiet. So they went back to using tankers. So if you think you are dealing with a country of normal people, to think it's one leader you are looking for that will sit in the city in Nassau Rock and change the country is a lie. People wake up in the morning. I know stories. I mean, I talked to the head of one under, another institution in this city also. They had the money, they had the resources, had everything. There's a river not too far away. They could build what they built waterworks, but they needed to run through a few places to get into the institution. They had to abandon the whole thing because they were tired of people cutting their pipes every day. This is a water pipe. They're not stealing it to go and sell the foil. You are dealing with evil people here. Do you know the depth of wickedness we are talking about? When Ben Murray Bruce joined government, he says the worst decision he ever made in his life. He said because he began to see things, now he can't sleep. <laughs> no, before he thought Nigeria was just bad, things were just bad. He said now he realized that things are bad on purpose. He said these things are bad on purpose. That people just make them bad. That's what I said doing, trying to make common sense. I said laughing, I said, okay. Common sense will not help you. You need heavy spirits, not common sense. Rare spirits, uncommon spiritual energy. One day, I, I, I watched one video with the man who was speaking, interviewing him. You know, see, he was, you could see a man paint to his heart. He, he was talking about one of our airports. He said, this airport does not have uninterrupted power supply. He said, why? He gave facts, he gave figures, he showed how you can do this and this and that, how they messed up Richard Branson when he came to Nigeria. And he said, I made up my mind we are broke on purpose, that there's no reason why this country should be broke. Why are we broke? We like it. That we scheme to be broke. Why did I say all of these things I've said? For you to know that we are wrestling not against flesh and blood. We are wrestling evil spirits. That's why I was laughing at my own campaign. <laughs> Tafaki, you have not invented the wheel. There's nothing you have said that they, people don't know too. They just can't do it. It's not within them to direct their steps. It's the reason why I tell Christians, just offer this one to the government. You can't get it wrong. Just say, what will I do for you? My government, I will pray for you. That's all. When you are doing bad, I will continue to pray. I just need to endure you for four years. And also, see the president, pray for him. National Assembly, just pray for them. Just pray, simple prayers, God. Evil people, let, let them not thrive there. Evil spirits, don't let them survive there. Just pray. People say, you know, that's the accusation I've gotten against me many times. And you have to speak up. You can't bury your head in the sand. You have been speaking up. Ganifa and me spoke up. Spoke up. 
spoke up until he has severe high blood pressure. He almost killed himself with tension. He spoke up, he spoke up until he got lung cancer. He spoke up, spoke up until he died. What changed? Nothing. Try another method. At least let him keep speaking. People like him. There are those who said, no. Babangida <laughs> in his days. Oh God, when you talk too much, he will call you inside. We used to say he said to. I think he's not said Well, he used to say to. But it was not only said to me he wanted to do. He said, you say you know how to do it. Come and do it. Oh, he said, you know how to do it. She said, all you can do. Hey, come and do it now. I remember that time he started People's Bank. In those days, he gave People's Bank a hundred million naira to start. That's like giving a hundred million dollars. Also, he gave to People's Bank to start. And he put Taisho Larry, his number one critic in charge. Kanifa and me drove to Ikene to go and see Taisho Larry. To beg him not to take the, the, the position. Taisho Larry said, no, let him see what he can do. Because <laughs> those who believe that Babangida just to set two people. I look back as an older person. I say, no, it's not just set two men. Yes, that's part of it. But like say, you say you can do it. Come and do it. Frustration drove Tashulari away from there. Frustration, yes. Ole Shoenka was one number one critic, another critic that time. He said, you can do it. No problem. Come and start federal road safety. That's how FRC started. To tell Ole Shoenka to stop talking. Yeah, go and do something for the country. In all fairness, for the first few years, FRC drove accidents rates in Nigeria down to one of the lowest in the world. Of course, after a few, after a few weeks, months, I saw I, I was in a taxi. A taxi man stopped at a road safety checkpoint, and he brought a box of soap and came down. So yeah, and the road safety man went to go and look at what's inside the box of soap, except that I saw him put money inside the soap. So he came out with soap in his hand. And the soap changed hands. It was money. I said, ah, you see, you see, forget that thing. What we need is revival. It's not only the Google. All this gra-gra. What we need is revival. The only hope is the church. That's what I'm going to say again. I want to remind us of that. The only hope is the church to preach the truth. See, pastors, you don't have to have money. Your church doesn't have to be big. Just go and preach the truth. The only hope this country has any pastor, this is my own prayer. You know, there are times you pray, God, please help. Mm, God, don't help. This one, any pastor that comes, changes his messages so he can collect money, God, shut him down. That's my prayer. And let him know quickly. Don't let him do too many times before he forgets. The day he just said, we have not paid rent. <laughs> the Lord said, blessed are the givers, for they shall see God. It's not in the Bible, but I mean. <laughs> I went to worry the other day. One man gave a seed. God just appeared in the sitting room. Hallelujah. I went to Medugri. One man sowed a cow. Then God began to ride the cow into his house. Who will sow a seed to God? God, once they do it one time, by next Sunday, kick them out of that venue. That's my prayer. Why do I pray like that? Because the only hope is for us who God gave these pulpits to, to just be speaking the truth here and there, here and there. So that enough people will start doing what is right. Enough people will start believing what is right. They will start releasing a positive spirit into the air. Because no matter how determined a good, unquote, leader is, 
If the atmosphere is toxic, he can't do anything. Why did I get into all of that? Trying to emphasize to us that it's not the physical arrangement that brings forth progress or blessing. It's always what? A spiritual thing. It's a supply of the spirit. Why was I laughing at my own campaign strategies, my campaign campaign promises, and my plans of government? I just imagined that I was running for office. Why was I laughing? I laughed and said, Banky, you have drawn a good plan, no electricity. You built a good circuit, no electricity. You built a beautiful car, no fuel. Why? The electricity, the fuel, is a spiritual thing. That is why sometimes you see, all right, everything should work. It's not working. It's spiritual. Was it true that I said the other day? He said, if you know what to do, if you know what, how did you say it again? Oh, are you the one that said it? Okay, <laughs> what was it that you said? <laughs> he said, if you know what to do, but you can't do it, it's a spiritual problem. <laughs> you know that this, if you do this, you do this, you do that, you do that, this thing will work out. Then you find yourself unable to do the thing you know to do. Just know the problem is spiritual. Including a whole nation. We know how to solve. Well, Nigeria doesn't have a problem. I don't know why we are thinking we have a problem. When we talk about problem, we don't have any. That's why I was campaigning to myself in my bedroom. Running for presidency in my head. Because there was no problem. See, if I sit you down, if you know a bit of economics, and even security, if I show you what we can do, to stop this whole, to end all this problem we are having. I can see, I come to that my plan. Eh? I can make the whole country. I can increase G, I can double GDP hmm? within five years. I can double it. And there's nothing new. Everything I want to tell you has been done before. I'll show you when the United States do it, did it. I'll show you one country that did this one. I'll show you. They, they have, they, they've been done. And if you see many economic plans, I still remember Vision 2020, Charles Sudo, the one he was CBN governor. There is nothing Charlie did not put down. His brother is now uh, king of England. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was going around Vision 2020. Ah! I, I used it to preach. We've got to listen to our spiritual, economic, empowerment, and development strategy series. Season one, thank you. I used it to preach. That's an Anambra governor. That guy is hyper-intelligent. No, the guy has a lot of sense. He was not just CBN governor for nothing. His head is full of every strategy. I'm telling you, he has every strategy. Except that because of him, they went and shot people yesterday. Now. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Because he wants to execute his plans for that state. So he goes, I shoot him. Can't we live in peace? They said, no. You know that he wrote, he wrote everything down. Everything we could do to turn Nigeria to number 10 in the world. I don't know where we are after. <laughs> no, the guy, so you see, you will know that the problem, people will say that hey, we have prayed enough. Nonsense. That's how Satan will kick you down. We have not prayed enough anything. When you know what is right to do, like Charles do the road down for us, and we can't do it. Our problem is spiritual, according to Elder John. Which is true. No, it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. What am I going to say? Just an aside. People of God, 
when you get into situations like that, that you are getting involved thinking about the nation and all of that, please, just join this intercessory side. That's what I'm trying to say. Just know you are fighting a spiritual battle. Stop thinking that we need better plans. We have... Oh, we have, we've, we have, we've had plans. Sorry, I went all of that and explain the fact that we need a spiritual something in our lives. Is that English good? A spiritual what? Something. We need a spiritual something. We do. <laughs> now, and I know why I want to do that. The main thing I wanted to say is that that is why, now, this is actually where I began from. That is why if any preacher is preaching and is not preaching Christ, it's a fool. I hope you're getting my point. That's it. Because all the things you are preaching. How many people are married here? If you are married, if, if you are married for up to one week or more, please put up your hand. <laughs> I said, once it's more than one week, I wanted to include some people. <laughs> That's why I needed to add good. Aha, quite a number of people. Yes. All right, please put down your hand. Now, all those who have been married for some time, you can what I'm about to say, you know it is true. You know all those they write in marriage books are lies. <laughs> true or false? True. Look, you know that all those they write. They are not look, they don't work like that. We, 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 see on the on the paper, when you are reading it, you're excited though. I found the keys now to have joy and happiness and gladness, and to have eternal love in the house. Once you are just reading it, I just know you don't know anything yet. I've heard people say things like, if you love your wife, she will submit to you. Have you heard that thing before? And I've heard the other opposite lie too. If you, love, if you submit to your husband, he will love you. So obviously, either you are not married or you are just lying to us. I found out, now I've been married for quite a while, all right? My own is not one week. I like to use it to intimidate people. Let me intimidate some people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In a few, a few months, I'll, I'll be doing my 23rd um, anniversary. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, we like to separate the men from the boys, you know. <laughs> separate. It's, it's separation purposes, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. I found that long ago that all these things. Me too, I read book. Don't think I didn't read book. I read. But, but I learned early to throw away all those nonsense. I didn't remember one man talking on TV. I just said, you know, Americans are very funny people. Most of their boldness to speak is caused by prosperity, not by understanding. No, America is a prosperous nation. They are, God bless that country. Every, from time, every little person that can talk is on television, is on radio. It's called prosperity. Some one man was talking on TV. I just look. I just say, "Yeah, not serious." She says, "Important. You remember your wife's birthday." <laughs> if I forget, go. Because if you don't remember, another man will remember. I say, "God punish any man that remembers <laughs> when I forget." <laughs> any man that remembers should remind me. Come on, nonsense is that one. <laughs> I hear what this guy was saying. You know what I found out? There's only one way. If you want joy and happiness in the house, get on your knees and pray. 
And for you can ask God for it. Say, God, please, give us joy. Give us happiness. Say it like that. And show him that it's important to you. I'm telling you. See, what's the key? Just make sure husband, you love God. Wife, you love God. Two of you just fear God. And then pray. You know what they used to do in some, you know, some places? Muslims allow that. When your love for your wife is cooling down, what do you do? You marry another one. Yeah, it will now warm up the love for the first wife. Of course not. But at least you have fresh love. Then after, yeah. One day they were interviewing a woman on television in Lagos. I mean, I was in Lagos at that time. And discussing marriage. So there are different people. A pastor was there. This guy was an Islamic cleric. So he had more than one wife. I think he had two wives or three. I can't remember. I think two at that time. So along the line, the question was that, why did he marry a second wife? And the answer he gave. The answer he gave was embarrassing. The answer he gave just showed to me that you don't regard your first wife as a human being. You know what the answer he gave? He said, I enjoyed my first marriage so much, I wanted to relieve the experience. Yes. So I was looking at, in my mind, looking at the woman, saying, you too, didn't you enjoy the first one so much? You should go and marry a second husband, because that's what this man is telling us. Otherwise, the woman doesn't have a right to joy. But do you know what I found out? When the Christian man's, you know, when the fire in the marriage is going down, you know what to do? Some people say, now, you know, you, you know I, I heard that thing before. I don't, let me tell you, I don't believe it. What I'm about to tell you, now, I don't believe it. So you know ahead of time, before I tell you. So, you know, you, you do those things you did at the beginning. You go out, you know, you take her out, you know. Woman that I've been living with for 12 years, take her away. <laughs> you see, stop deceiving yourself. It's deception. I'm not saying she don't go anywhere. It's not going to warm anything. I'll say, you send the kids away, amen. And then, you know, you, you, know, you, 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 you try to recreate that environment that you had that time. I was not 40 years old that time. What's wrong with you? I was 20-something. Did, what does a 20-something-year-old man it's not what worries a 40-year-old and not what worries a 50-year-old. This one, I'm, I'm praying about children. I'm planning things. My roof is leaking. The, 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 yeah. I mean, you're coming with ideas of, of jobless people. Look, when you were 20-something, you didn't have children in the house. They're not following, calling you and saying, Daddy, can you, this day, this day, this day has expired. They're not calling you to tell you anything. Nobody's calling you. Your mother has no expectations. They're just, they're even praying that you will marry yourself. <laughs> now tell me that, uh, that an old man to be saying, yeah, the thing she did, I can't do it now. I'm not that same age. Don't worry me. Now, one day ahead of time, I don't believe it. And it's because I have a better way. And this my own, it worked. And it keeps working. Yes. If the wine is going down, we go to the Lord that changes water to wine. I have done it again and again and it works. I'm not bragging. I've been married for 23 years. One day, one day I was preaching on TV. This was long ago. Okay, I went to work the following day or a few days later. One woman stopped me. He said, ha, doc. I'm like, ah, good afternoon, man. Hey, what did happen? That she saw me on television. Uh-huh. I preach on TV. What's the issue? That she heard me say something she had never heard anybody say in her life. And this one was older than me. That she heard me say that, that I had married for about 10 years, that I love my wife now more than I did at the beginning. 
I look at yes, I said it and it's true. The whole truth, not I swear by God, that's I meant it. I wasn't joking. I had married for at least 10 years. I said I love my wife now more than I did at the beginning. She said she had never heard it. Ma, that's the reality I told you. That's what Jesus did in my life. I mean, she stopped me on the road as I I just came from my car. She said, I wait, 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 wait. I saw you on television. What did I do on television? See, look at what you said. I said, Ma, that's how it is. And the day I said that, of course, I was preaching here, it was being recorded. And I meant it. I wasn't joking about it. How does it work? That's what I have found out. You kneel down. In fact, I remember the day I prayed one particular one. I still remember I was around that, what they call Naira Triangle. I was driving down from one of the airport side. At that time, maybe my wife would just call. I just answer her normally. Like, if I had more excited in my voice talking to my children than talking to her, ah, I noticed it. So I told Lord, please, this is not good. Though. And I remember I was, I, 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 didn't go to, I didn't go for retreats. This is the day. No, nothing. <laughs> I was driving in my car. I still remember where I was when I told the Lord, no, this is not good. So what do you want? I said, Lord, please, I have no now. Please, help me out. You know what Jesus just does? He does for him, it's not a big deal. Just takes a cup, takes a picture of love, and pours it into your heart. You'll be overflowing. When you see your wife, and they say, baby, is that you? I'm telling you. <laughs> it's a spirit. It's not a method. It's a spirit. Please, if you go and read them, there's an article I wrote. I just remembered it now. Don't be without the spirit. It's inside one of these two books. It's, all, it's, all, it's like that online. If you go to our website, don't that us, you'll find it there. All right? But it's compiled inside either the habit of faith or living by divine wisdom. It's titled, Don't be without the, the, the spirit. Don't be without the spirit. Something like that. There I explained that some of these things, in fact, the story I told there is Caesar. I read the book, What the Dog Saw, by Malcolm Gladwell. Alright? So the book is a compilation of essays by Malcolm Gladwell. One of them is titled What the Dog Saw. So he was analyzing what the dog saw when what dogs see when they see Caesar Milan. Caesar Milan is a famous so-called dog whisperer. As if he can talk to dogs. And really, I've seen this guy on TV. Of course, it's television, so I don't know how they, they did it, but he can tame any dog. Dogs that everybody is afraid of, they can't. Dogs they have never met before, he will tell the dog to sit down. The dog will sit down. Whether a dog is trained or not is besides the point. So they call him Dog Whisperer. So Malcolm Gladwell sat down and analyzed him. Now it struck me when I was reading it that, okay, let me tell you what Malcolm Gladwell said. Malcolm Gladwell will explain how he moves his hand, what the dog interprets, how he puts his leg, what the dog interprets, how he puts his chin, what the dog interprets. He described the whole thing. Then when I finished reading it, it dawned on me that Caesar Milan did not know all of that. I don't know what I get my point. All the analysis of Malcolm Gladwell are lost to the man doing in Caesar Milan. That what Caesar Milan did, he did spontaneously, nobody taught them to him. Immediately, I put the book aside and wrote the article. Don't be without the spirit. That Caesar Milan is operating by a spirit which manifests as actions. Then Malcolm Gladwell, not understanding that spirit, is trying to make rules out of those actions. Try them, bingo will bite you. <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. Because, and even when people, see, 
Even when you say, okay, what if I go to Malcolm Gladwell, uh, to Caesar Milan, go and learn? See, as he's teaching you, he's passing that spirit into you. So, again, with the actions, people think just the actions, not just actions. There has to be a spirit. I hope you're getting my point here. So that's why I wrote, wrote, don't be without the spirit. What I'm trying to say, people oftentimes they want to focus on the actions. No. Jesus would just take a bowl, a cup, just scoop. He said, what? Love for your wife. That's it. He would just pour, inside, pour it inside you. It's not just actions. No. There is a spirit. And I'm telling you, this is what I have found out both from scripture and from personal experience. All the things they say do. If you see me do any one of them, it's not because I read it anywhere. Just like Sister Milan did not read what the dog saw before he did what the dog saw. I hope you're getting my point. He didn't read the book. He just did the thing. Then people are watching him now. Do you follow my point? So in this life, we cannot. It's not possible. You can't succeed just trying to copy actions. So that's how I was laughing at myself. When I was, when I was writing those things down, I said, in, the, in my head, I said, all these things, don't worry, Banky. What they need what we need in the nation is the spirit of the blessing. It's Christians that can bring it out. And the one I, where I went to that from is that as a church, as a minister, preach Christ. You know, the preaching of Christ eh, is foolishness. Have you ever asked yourself, why is it foolishness? Why did Paul emphasize that preaching of Christ is what? Is foolish. Why? You know why? He actually looks foolish. It sounds foolish. Somebody is sick, terminally ill. The typical thing we do is I go and preach to the person about healing. Eh, I do that too. But I think sometimes we, our results are slower in coming when we focus on stuff like that. That we don't yet fully understand what it means for something to be foolish. Somebody can be sick. And you go there and tell the story of creation. And prove to the person that the name of create the creator, that the creator came to the earth, he wore flesh, and his name is Jesus Christ. And you can spend a whole day just showing that from scripture, and the person gets healed. You have not even said no. Begin to believe. Begin to you know. <laughs> there's a book I'm writing. You read, you will read it in a, in a few weeks, I hope. Titled um, "How to Receive the Spirit." Okay. So I was reviewing the book today. I'm about to finish. Just reviewing it today. And then something I was thinking about as I was laughing. Have you ever been to where they are laying hands on people to be filled with the Spirit before? All those methods they tell you, open your mouth, put on your tongue, move your lips. I said the people are not filled. Leave that in. What you need to do? Is that, yeah, anything that I said, read your Bible. Nobody was told that nonsense. If you ever pray for anybody to be filled with the Spirit and you're giving to that, just know the both of you are fooling yourselves. Open your mind. I said, you know, see, you know the problem? Our focus, which is faulty, is on speaking in tongues, not in being filled with the Spirit. If your focus is on being filled with the Spirit, you won't be talking that nonsense. So just open your mouth, just be saying, just, okay, move your, move your lips rapidly. Nonsense. Are you getting nonsense? Did your Bible, who was told that? The first time they spoke in other tongues, they were as confused. As people hearing them. The house of Cornelius. 
Peter had not even gotten to the place where there is a Holy Spirit to give. <laughs> he had not even told the story. When is I hearing people speaking other tongues? So I want to tell ministers, please stop, stop focusing on the tongues. Start focusing on the infilling of the Spirit. Of which the tongue speaking is one of the manifestations. If you read your Bible well, one of the most anointed of all the men within the Bible, New Testament especially, apart from Jesus Christ, is Paul. Go and read the story. When Ananias laid hands on him to be filled with the Spirit, he didn't say a word. The same man that said, I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than ye all. The day Ananias laid hands on him, the only thing that happened was that he was blind. Scales fell from his eyes and he could see. And he rose up and he was baptized. And Ananias had told him that Ananias laid hands on him and said, look, the Lord Jesus, who you saw on the road, said I should come and lay hands on you so that you receive your sight and be filled with the Spirit. And it happened. The guy was calm. What am I going to say? See, this Christ Jesus, if you're a preacher, preach Christ. It's, it's foolish. It's really foolish. That is, you're not solving the problem. A man comes to you and says that there's no money in the house. And you're telling that Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. He died on the cross. The average person is looking like, okay, he said they have not eaten. You are telling him Jesus is Lord. Yeah, that's what is called foolishness. You know the story I tell about that all the time. But my sister, when I was in school, when I was president of my fellowship, I've told that story so many times, I've not found a better one. Sometimes it's, not good, it's good not to have sense. When you have too much sense, you and God will be struggling for who's wiser. God will say, come, let's go this way. He say, Lord, are you sure? Come, let me just tell you. No, if you go that road, it's explaining to God. But when you don't know anything, you'll be following him. That is, the young woman brought a problem that you don't give to students. You give to lecturers, deans of faculties, heads of departments. He brought to a fellow student like me. And my only reason, the only reason was that I was the president of the fellowship. I was a small boy. When she, when, the day she spoke to me, she was just crying. You see her eyes red. I thought I would come and see you, not because I wanted to go and see her, because that way she would go away. While I go to think. The day I said I would come, I think the following day, I went to pray God though. This young woman talked to so and so I don't know what to say. Oh, help me. I just went there with boldness of responsibility. You know what I mean by that? I'm just going because I said I will come. And I'm the president of the fellowship. What else will I do now? <laughs> and when I got there, I, I, I still remember very well. It was the spirit that possessed me. Seriously. The Holy Spirit. But what I remember are the things I said. I did not address the matter of the faculty. Because she was having serious issues with her faculty. I did not address the matter. I didn't talk. I just talked about the victory we had in Christ Jesus. I was just quoting scripture. And I still remember very well. As her spirit was being lifted. Until she burst into laughter. And by the time she was seeing me off. She couldn't stop laughing. And of course I left and I forgot the whole idea. Until she stopped me again. The same fellowship. The same spot. Because at the end often I'm standing in front. Just came and said, ah, look at what happened, though. Uh-huh, okay, what happened? They said, no, she's not going to be withdrawn again. She doesn't need to do this and this and this. They're going to retain her in the faculty. That's how God solved the problem. I was as, I would just say, oh, we thank God. I didn't even know what God was doing. Do you get me? I was just thanking God. But why I remember the story all the time was that I did not address the issue. I just shared the word. Of course, we prayed at the end. 
But where I'm going is that it's called foolishness. So when preachers start preaching common sense, you know, because sometimes the word of God takes time to bear results, to bear fruit. That's how we easily get carried away into teaching business principles instead of preaching the gospel. You come to church, seven keys on how to handle your customers on Sunday morning. Number one, know your product. <laughs> Write it down. Know your product. What did I say? Know your product. A man that does not know his product is a business not going anywhere. Number two, be responsible for your product. Number three, talk about your product. Why? We want to teach prosperity. Let me tell you how to teach, teach prosperity. It's simple. Say poverty is a curse. That curse has been broken by the sacrifice of Jesus. It is the Lord thy God that gives the power to create wealth. And you add things like receive that power in the name of Jesus. And the wise ones there will say amen. And then they drink of his spirit. I'm telling you. And you come next day and talk about a faithful one who can find. You just be preaching the precepts of God. You know the problem we have? We want, the, we want to prosper tomorrow. It doesn't work. That's one miracle Jesus didn't use to do plenty. Give you money. That was the poor has the gospel preached to them. Because you know the reason why? If you're blind, you start seeing. You, you are just to sin sharp, sharp. I hope you're getting my point. Whatever he did, if you're a lame, you start walking. You start walking. But if you are poor, if they give you money, you go mad. <laughs> you go mad. Jesus said, I don't want trouble. They have to build you up gradually. That's why Jesus said, occupy until I come. They first show him what they can do. Build them up. They let ahead. Now, be in charge of 10 cities. Just take a poor man and just dash him a million dollars. See these mega millions they do abroad all the time in America. You can win, you can win four hundred million dollars at a go. You pay some, play some lottery. One prayer you should pray is never to win it. It's on record that most people that win commit suicide. It's unbelievable. It's like, how can you give me one hundred million dollars and I commit suicide? Yeah, it's good. You know you're talking really because you have never seen a hundred million dollars. They give you a hundred million, they can wake up in the morning. You don't even know whether to get up or to jump out. <laughs> you, you, you'll be doing things that you think, you know, like when, when we were young, those days, there was this uh, driver we used to watch on TV. There was one rich man inside there. The man would say, what is it? Kill him! Use it to cause trouble for me. <laughs> now, if you know the way he says it in Yoruba, it's very, very interesting. You say, kill him! Make it a death on my neck. That is death. That de- death. Not death as in death. That is money I have to pay. Yes, death on my neck. So the guy says, ah, they will shout, bah, bah. He say, what is it? Hey, bah, if you don't go sing long. <laughs> like, you get the point. He said, kill him. Make it a death I have to pay. And you go like that. That's what the man used to do. It, it, of course, it was a comedy. We just used to laugh. The man was very rich in the drama. Now, that's how some people do. They go and be causing trouble, thinking money can solve everything. No, it's amazing. There are some people where they are, they are not, they don't have too much money. They just have one small car, small flat. They are okay. 
They give them plenty of money, then they are owing everybody. Yeah, it happens all the time. I don't want to discuss that now. But that's why Jesus doesn't give you money. All this is miracle money. You've been to a church where they do miracle money. If you go there again, poverty is your portion. <laughs> don't go to say miracle money. Are you collect? Whoa, you have collected trouble. Do you know, is there are churches like that? I saw it one day on TV. I said, these human beings are very funny. And all of you went here. The man said, do you want to see miracle money? Do you want to see miracle money? Give me a bag. They brought it back for him. Oh, he prayed. They opened the bag. The money began to fall out. And we were getting excited. I was looking at which, which kind of congregation of idiots at this one? You just come to watch a magic show and you are impressed. And the money was falling out of the bag. I said, ah, this is simple magic now. What is wrong with these people? And if the money was real, if you take that money home, if you, if you dare take that money home, you're looking for trouble. That's an aside. What am I going to say? Foolishness. You just preach Christ. You'll be amazed. It, like I said last time, it will see. It will break curses. And you did not talk about the curse. You did not talk about the curse, yet it will break it. There's a story I tell all the time. My one brother told me in this city. So he used, have, he used to have this feeling of somebody following him about. Of course, I know it was the spirit of death. The day he gave his life to Christ, that spirit stopped. He didn't pray about it. He just gave his life to Christ. The spirit stopped following him around. Without praying about it, the spirit that was telling him that you would die before a particular age, another spirit was activated to frustrate that one. And that, a few days before he got to die, they shot him point blank. But the spirit just blocked it. Pam, and the bullet dropped into the body of his car. My emphasis, he never prayed about it. He never prayed about it. He was just living his life. But his th- things had changed around him. That's why people of God, ministers of the gospel, preach Jesus Christ though. It's foolish. When you start preaching, it doesn't make sense. But preach him all the same. Talk about sin. And death that came as a result of sin. The emphasis being that the sacrifice that liberates us from sin and the death that followed it is Christ Jesus. That's the emphasis. Preach that all the time. You'll be amazed. Do you know bondages will break? Immorality in the church will stop. True. But so many times, we, no, we don't want to be giving steps, steps, five steps to prosperity. Number one, save 20%. No, those who are saving 20% obviously can eat 80% and be satisfied. You don't believe me? I've been the place where I couldn't save 2%. Because the 100% was not meeting 70% of the needs. That's that I should save 2%. You're not serious. If you don't leave now, I'll collect your own 2% out to the one I have. <laughs> really, there are some things you just say, just say, say, bro, leave that thing. You have eaten, you are full. You just, you just leave that thing. You have eaten and you are full. There's a level of poverty people are inside. They literally need a miracle. They're telling you to save 10%. <laughs> <laughs> I 
what am I trying to say? You, there's, you know, the, the word of Christ works in a funny way. Well, mysterious way, literally. You release Christ through his words into people's lives. The word, you know, the Bible says that the word is what? Alive and active. That word will go ahead of the person and go and create an opportunity. You'll be saying, hey, I don't have money. I need a bigger house. I don't have money. Then you hear a word. You will live in houses you did not build. You just say amen. You're not even thinking about that word. In that word, because you said amen, the, man, the, 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 the word goes out ahead of you. And just tells the man, this your house is big now. Yes, yeah, so I don't know how to maintain it. Say nobody is staying inside. That's the reason. See, if somebody would just be staying in this place for me and be helping me keep this whole compound neat, I would be happy. That's the next thing. God opens the door for opportunities. Opportunity. They say to you, okay. Uh, the rent there is high. Say, but talk to the landlord. The landlord says, okay, are you a responsible person? Yes. I can give you the same rent you are paying in that tiny place you want to come out of. If you can prove to me you are a very responsible person. So God give us one, one year. One year, at the end of the one year, the man says, oh, in fact, you don't need to pay again. And there's no way, there's nothing like, you know, I've, I've heard all kinds of stories. One brother said something once there. I was so angry with him when he said it. He said, it's good to plan. That he lives in the UK. He has a colleague, a friend. They work in the same office. That one lives in a house that costs one big amount of money. Can't remember exactly how much. But she's not paying anything. Why? Because the father had the foresight to buy a house in London those days. And he would say, you see, this, this is the beautiful thing about long-term planning. When you buy things like that, you know, look at this, this girl now. Look at the amount of money she saved. You know, you know the kind of anger. You're so angry. You know, bro, bro, are you all right? Number one, the man was living in Nigeria. Son was living in Nigeria. How on earth did he know his daughter would come and live in London? How did he know the girl would not go to America? How did he know he would, she would not go to Australia? And how did he know she would not relocate to Enugu and come and stay with us? I don't know whether you're getting my point. Or what are you advising? If you are rich, build a house in every part of the world and let your poor children come and live in them. I need to emphasize the word poor because most of the houses you know that parents built, the boys are not living there. You know now. Sometimes just a matter of pride. Because at this my age, you cannot be heard. I'm staying in my father's house. Yeah, but your father... <laughs> then he buys another plot of land not too far away from where his father left the house on him, and builds a house bigger that his own children will also not live inside. <laughs> Is that not it? That's the area where I love Americans. It's easy to sell houses there. It's very easy. Just put, uh, you know, it's easy to flip houses. You can just, too big, you sell it, go and buy, buy a smaller one. But for those of us in Nigeria, we are stuck with those houses. It's a street on my mind. <laughs> Those who don't know, it's actually one of the areas of Enobo. Most of those houses, the children are not around. The funny part, those who could build big houses those days are the ones that their children are not in Nigeria. So I looked and I said, what are you telling me, this brother? How could a man have planned this? It's not possible. It's just not possible. This is just one of those rare cases in which the man's property happens to be a blessing to the offspring, which can happen to us in anywhere in the world. 
What's the point I'm making? You can't now say because you saw that kind of example, you will now make such plans. You can't. You don't even know where your children will go tomorrow. Some of them will say, God called them to go to be missionaries in, in, in you know, before we used to say, in Congo. Now, missionaries now is in Eastern Europe. That's why they need missions now. Maybe those children will now be, be missionaries in one village in Eastern Europe. You never can tell. So there's no way of planning these things. That's the point I'm trying to make. But the word works. Somebody say the word works. The word works. I feel like emphasizing to preachers, don't be ashamed to preach the gospel. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Now, what I want to emphasize to us quickly there is that, can you imagine, let us assume now, I'm driving down here. I have the 2021 20, um, GLK. No, 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 G, G, G class. You understand? G class. 2021. All right? And I'm coming out. And I say, I'm not ashamed of my car. Will I tell you that? No, no, will I tell you that? I won't say that to you now. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm coming down. I'm, 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 I'm going for a wedding. Say, so please bring my. My LS 460, 2021. So I'm not ashamed of the car. We can use the car the bride. Ah, okay. LS 460, 2021 model. Lexus. Why are you ashamed? Why are you telling us you are not ashamed of it? You should be proud of it. Is that also? So anytime a man is telling you, I am not ashamed of something, you should know that the thing is shameful. I don't know whether I get my point. If I'm coming to carry my daughter for the wedding and I come in a keke, so this is, I'm the father of the bride. This is the official transport for the bride today. That's why I say I'm not ashamed. I'm a man of God. I don't care about these worldly things. <laughs> I can't come in a G class. I'm telling you, I don't care about these worldly things. I'm already in the worldly things. What are you talking about? <laughs> Do you get what I'm going to say here? So when Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, the normal presentation of it is shameful to the common hearing. It looks like Paul is your head walking. Which is what they tell us in Nigeria. What has this got to do with the economic problem we're having? That's it now. How is your prayer helping what is going on in this country? That is it. But what am I saying again today? Preacher, don't be ashamed of the gospel. As ridiculous as it sounds sometimes, just preach it. And please, don't be ashamed of the name, Jesus Christ. No matter the power in the gospel, if you don't put that name, he holds the power back. Yeah, that's what he does. So if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. If you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my father and his holy angels. So just hold the power back. So say to people, like I told you, one man was praying the other day. Say, oh, they say it's very humble. I said, what is humility in it? Say, in the name of the creator of the universe, there's no power in that prayer. Leave it. You pray, pray, pray. In the name of the creator of the universe. We know Jesus is creator. But you are, you are being coy. You are being smart. You don't want to offend people. He knew he was creator when he decided to be called a name on the earth. He knew he was creator when he was given the name far above every other name. At the mention of that name of Jesus, every knee will bow. He knew he was creator when he said, when he taught Peter and Co to pray, and they pray that God will do 
you know, stretch forth his hands to do wonders, signs, miracles, at the mention of the holy servant Jesus Christ. He knew. So when we are preaching the gospel, let's preach the Jesus. Let us say, because that is the way, that is what God the Father defends. The identity. That is what he supports. I'm in bondage. How will I be set free? Say Jesus is the Savior. If the person will say amen, he's set free from bondage. If you are giving 10 keys of alcoholic, alcoholic anonymous to be delivered from um, alcoholism, you'll be there for a long time. I'm an alcoholic, sir. Help me. Jesus is the deliverer. Shout amen. If the person is amen, he'll be delivered. How does that deliver from alcoholism? I don't know. Too. That's why it's called foolishness. That is why it is called foolishness. That is why it is called foolishness. That is the key to deliverance. Preach the gospel. You know, that's the problem. You know, churches these days, they are, they are, we have become ashamed of the gospel. Oh, God. You know, another thing I found out, all this trying to be culturally relevant and seeker friendly is a sign of we are not preaching the truth. I'm sorry. You know, Paul said something. Paul said, when I came to you, I did not come with the excellency of man's wisdom. That is, I did not argue to prove to you there is a creator. I came with the demonstration of the spirit and of power. Two things there. One, he walks signs and wonders. The signs of an apostle. Then secondly, which I think is just as equally as important, is that Paul spoke and did not know why anybody believed. I don't know whether you're getting my point. He just speaks. At the end of the day, people are convinced. Once a man came to me from Oka, he said that, this was those early days when we were broadcasting, long ago now. He came from Oka to come and see me in Enugu. He said, until I heard you, I did not believe in God. What amazed me was that I don't preach for those who don't believe in God. In fact, you know me. Now, how far they take one day? <laughs> I don't even trying to pass my finger away. I feel like it's an insult for me to be trying to tell you there is God. I mean, how can you be saying that? Like his young boy saying that I have a father. Why won't you have a father? How did you get here? <laughs> I don't know whether you're getting my point. Yes, you know, I, I, I'm not even used to the ideas we tell somebody. That, for me, the concept of, it's an insult to tell you there is God. Abba. That's why the Bible didn't start with explaining. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So that's how I used to project. The man said that he did not believe in God until he heard me preach. I never forgot that story because I was like, what did I say to persuade you? That's what Paul meant when he talked about the demonstration of the spirit and of power. How the Holy Spirit moved on that individual's heart to convince him, I don't know. So if you want to see power in the body of Christ again, it's not by, it's not by traveling to go and look for where there is a Manifestation of power? No. In fact, this is the word of the Spirit. It's just by exalting Christ again. Because we have diminished him, we have preached every other thing apart from Jesus Christ. We have preached that are very, very practical. One day, one reverend father said something. And so, he said, this is how, he said, this is the kind of messages I want to be hearing from the pulpit these days. You don't know who is Ore. You don't know. Aluta. Okay, okay that I pronounced it wrongly. Revolution now. Thank you very much. The revolution man. Is that, correct? Is that the correct pronunciation? 
No, 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 no. That one Yoruba man telling me so worry here. I beg, don't spoil that. Thing. <laughs> I beg, Yoruba man tell me the so worry. <laughs> okay, but you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> so worry said that uh, this is the kind of message I want to be hearing from pulpit now. And I said to Yoruba man, I said, God forgive me, God help me. What is concern? <laughs> who are you to tell us the kind of thing we should be preaching from pulpit? Of course, the message sounded revolutionary. Enough of corruption. The, the masses shall arise and shake off the shackles of the oppressors. The tyrants in this country, the Lord is against you right now. You know, that's the kind of thing that I preached that day. Talking about the government must arise and provide jobs. The government must arise and stop soft security. And the, the, the reverend that talk, 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 talk. So people tweeted it. Ah! Now, Luther Man said, This is the kind of messages I want to be hearing from pulpits. That is what they call zealotry. That's how zealots behave. Oh, that's how zealots behave. They never, they will never bring for you deliverance. The only thing zealots do is worsen your bondage. Zealots. That's what they can do. They cannot bring deliverance. When God wanted to judge Jerusalem finally, you know how he did it? He pushed the zealots to go and attack the Romans again. So when the zealots rose, the Romans said, it's enough. They now killed everybody. What am I going to say? Our sober guy does not understand the gospel. So he cannot be approving a gospel. He can't. What does he understand? What's the point I'm making? Listen, I don't know. I'm just so emphatic about that today. That's not the main thing I wanted to get to. But let's just let's finish it and then um, I'll say something. The thing I wanted to say, then let's see whether we can sit down for a few minutes. The point I'm making is this. Let's, listen, let's not be ashamed of the gospel. That's where the power of God lies. It's that power we need. No matter the methods you have for running business effectively, if there's no spirit of prosperity in it, you will never prosper. No matter the methods you have for jogging, watching your diet, everything, if there's no spirit of life, you won't live long. Do you get my point? Can jog from here till tomorrow? Have so much energy, you run from here, you, you are like Hilly Gabriel Selassie. You eat so perfectly. Low cholesterol, low sugar, high fiber, appropriate balance of proteins, enough exposure to the sun, Correct amount of fiber in your, in your food to cleanse your bowels. Then you go for medical checkup every year, comprehensive. You do your ECG, EEG. You check your urine. Check your APC, your PDP. <laughs> At the end of the day, if you don't have the spirit of life, Jesus said you cannot add one hour to your lifespan. One doctor in America went to the gym, a medical doctor. Stepped out of the gym to walk home. He collapsed on the curb and died on the sidewalk and died. Medical doctor in America. Doing had everything. They had one of my classmates. Should be about my age, maybe a little older than me. He stood out in his clinic, collapsed and died. Classmates, we're friends in school. Somebody I know very well. So my class was like, ah, what happened, what happened? I said, she, he died in North America. No, he didn't die in Nigeria. He was running a clinic in North America. Yes. 
Some say, ah, it wasn't. I said, why are you people talking nonsense like this? Did you do check or didn't you do check up? It was the time to die. The spirit of death came and took him. That's it. It was the time to die. They, they, see, if you don't want to die, let me just tell you what you will do. There are a number of things. Number one, pray to God. I don't want to die prematurely. That's number one. Then God will give you certain keys. Do you, long, do you love long life? You say yes. Keep your mouth from speaking deceit. <laughs> yeah, he gives you some keys. After that, now you won't like what I'm about to say. But it's the truth. After that, anything you eat will not kill you. There was one woman, she lived very long. European woman, I think she's still alive or she has died, and I'm not sure. But she, at that time, she was the world's oldest person. You know what she said? She hated vegetables. Her favorite food was pasta and meat. The two things that are guaranteed to kill us according to modern diets and all of that. When I saw the thing on CNN, I burst into laughter. It was read out by this man, um, the, former, the guy that replaced Larry King. Press Morgan. Press Morgan was on the radar. I was in the laughter. The woman hated, there are two things. She hated vegetables and something else. The very things they said we should not eat, that we should eat to live forever. The woman refused to eat them. Then the very ones they said we should not eat. So that, that, I remember pasta and meat. Those were the th- two things she loved the most. And she was the world's oldest person at that particular point in time. So I don't know what diet you want to preach to her and her children if you listen to you. If you're looking to you like this. She said, don't eat vegetables. Eat vegetables is good for your body. I said, mommy never ate vegetables. And she's still alive. And she's 112. Her neighbor that used to eat fruits and vegetables died. At <laughs> 62. <laughs> Please, I hope you're getting my point here. <laughs> No, that's how the world works. So. The, 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 the method that the world is giving to us, uh, they are not the issues. They are not. The things of Christ, like I just preached Christ. If you have the spirit of life, the spirit of life, uh, they catch bullets. It catches bullets. They will shoot at you. You just hear, boom. That's it. Ah, are there bees in this area? The bullet was coming straight. One breeze just blew and pushed it away. And it went past your ears. Boom! You thought it was a hornet. That was a bee. That's called the spirit of life. When the spirit of life is in you, you know, cancer takes years to develop. In fact, cancer is a very confusing disease. Sometimes when they tell us it takes years to develop. Other times, somebody did check up last year. This, this year has stage four cancer, but last year it didn't have anything. Ah. So we don't even know what's going on. Just the spirit of death, you know? But the spirit of life will just come kill it. And you, one thing I know for sure, what is keeping you alive is not the game of chance. No. It's the spirit of life. It's monitoring your system. So, it's called surveillance. Even no surveillance. Any kind of... Just chew it. That's why, listen, you must never... Look. Don't ever forget to give a lot of thanks. Don't ever give chance any lordship in your life. Don't make it look like I'm lucky. You are not lucky. You are blessed. 
you must know the difference. There's a difference between luck and being blessed. You're not alive by a game of chance. No, you're not alive by a game of chance. It's called the spirit of life. It's called the spirit of life. What am I going to say? As we preach and elevate Christ, that life is being released into every part of our system. Yes. You just magnify Jesus Christ. People are getting healed. And you didn't talk about healing. You magnify Christ. Doors of opportunities for prosperity is coming to people's lives. And you are not preaching about money. Those who focus on, okay, today they say 10 keys onto, into, become, into in the, in the, what they call it, um, the, the new economy. You come on Sunday morning to tell us the 10 methods to key into the new economy. There's one preacher I was looking at the other day. I said, maybe this, God, this is why God, God got tired of this man's ministry. When you start bringing the word of life only down to practical steps, the main thing is that you are denying people life. You are denying them life. I mean, you are sending them television, they don't have power. How would they watch it? You are sending, you are bringing in, what do you call it, air conditioners, ceiling fans, televisions, loudspeakers. There is no power. So you have warehouses full of equipment, no power. You know, the man that brings one tiny generator has done more good to that community than you that gave them. 45, uh, sorry, 75 inch screen TV. Give them air conditioners. Not the man that just brings a small generator. What I wanted to say, magnify Christ is how we generate power. That is how we generate power. Don't ever forget that. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Now what I'm about to say, I, always, I won't say it, but you can start laughing ahead of time. Because you know what I'm about to say, so I won't bother saying it. It happens all the time. I don't plan it to. <laughs> Except I stopped resisting it long ago. I stopped resisting it long ago. I stopped. I said once when I was in university, I told no, shortly after I left university, I was invited to come and preach on my fellowship, in my fellowship on campus. So they gave me, of course, long enough in, in, uh, notice, notice, so I planned. I must have revised my sermon so many times. I will start with this scripture. I will explain this. And I go on to this. I will explain this one. I will now connect it with this. And now balance it with this one. And now release it. That's how I plan on. Two days I was supposed to preach. The first day. <laughs> As I was preaching, I realized I was sending people to sleep. No anointing. Nothing. Like I was saying, no spirit. I had the letters, so no spirit. As soon as I finished that day, you know what I did? I took the notes. That I methodically prepared for weeks, tore it to pieces and threw it away. And I went and prayed. I said, God, I beg. And I travel, I travel, come preach for here. I beg, help me, help the people. So, next day when I was going to preach, I didn't take any note to show you how serious I was. I didn't even take my Bible. I just went like empty hand. I just walked down to the, the hall. And I sat at the back. I was just giving thanks, praying. I decided not to prepare anything. The ones I prepared, did it, it, it work yesterday? did not work. So I turned it and threw, I threw it away. So when it was not time to pray, they now called me up to come and preach. That's why I called my brother. Uh-huh. 
I got to walk to the front. Just before I go to the front, I tap somebody, can I borrow your Bible? The person was already like, please, can I borrow your Bible? The person gave it to me, and I went to the front. As soon as I got there, one scripture dropped in my head. I opened it, read it, and then, the fire fell. <laughs> <laughs> Since then, I have learned not to stick with my own prepared message. As the Lord fills my mouth, I make sure you hear what he's saying. All right, let's take a few minutes, just introduce this. Maybe we'll continue with it next time. Because I want to start preaching on how to pray. Um, I'll look for words for it. But what I wanted to preach on is on how to connect ourselves with the destiny of God for our lives. That is, with our focus on prayer. Now, we read um, Psalm 40. If you remember, when I got to verse um, 7, I, I read again and again. Then I said, so our school of prayer, so what we say with our mouth is what I want to emphasize. Then I said, what I want to teach on is that power of consecration again. Consecration to the will of God. Consecration to the plan of God. And to let us understand that praying, one of the things we must pray about constantly is that consecration. Life will keep on bringing temptations to derail us from the plan of God. Satan never gives up. I found out. He never gives up. Please let me say that to you again. You will resist Satan all your life. That's not supposed to scare you. But just know that it's going on. Many things that come to you naturally are satanic. You will have to learn to pray effectively so as to keep yourself on the path of God's destiny for your life. Please let me say it again. Many things that will come to you naturally that you should do, they are satanic. Many of the um, counsels and advice that people will give you in life, they are satanic. How you know which is right, how you know they want to avoid, is to give this acid test. The person giving me counsel, what is coming to me? Are the people minding the things of God or the things of man? If a Christian especially is advising you, and it does not center the advice around the number of things, especially God's plan and God's purpose for your life, but is focusing more on your preservation, your comfort, your safety, just know that is satanic advice. I want to let us know Satan does not give up. He tries different methods. You don't need to try to know what Satan is, say, is doing. Don't try. Don't worry. You know, if you read the book, um, Beyond Gifts and Talents, I explained something there. That in life, Delilah's will come to us. All right? And you must resist Delilah. Anytime Delilah will come. And that Delilah is not a woman. If I want to read through my Bible, meditating about it, anytime you see the word woman, it's often a spirit. It's a spirit. It's a spirit. Bear it in mind. When you see the word man, he has his own meaning. It's usually the person in power, the person in authority, the person who's supposed to lead. This is standard types. So Delilah is not a woman. Delilah is a spirit that tries to entice you away 
from the plan of God. Delilah is a spirit that tries to leak your anointing. That's what Delilah is. So what I was inside that book, I preached it, I think the first time I preached that was somewhere in um, Anambra. Went to a campus there. I think it was Oko, Oko Polytechnic. So I preached that everybody will have his Delilah moment in life. And one young man said to me, how do I know my Delilah? Because I, was, I, I, I took questions at a particular point in time. And I said to him, you don't need to know Delilah. You just need to be prepared with the strength of God in you. That if your strength is there and is strong and is up, do you understand? You will resist Delilah and not even know Delilah came. But if you fail in the day of adversity, it is because what? Your strength is small. So what killed Samson was not Delilah. It was, which is why I wrote the book. If Please, if you haven't read it, try and read it. And if you are listening to this remotely, just go to our website. It's there. Pastor.ng. Beyond Gifts and Talents. Just download it. It's a very small book. You can finish it at a sitting. What killed Samson was the fact that Samson lost his strength through different methods before Delilah came in. But my emphasis is that Delilah will keep coming. Just bear it in mind. That's our life. Satan will always be coming to drill you from God's plan. So one of the ways, now we're talking about prayers, our school of prayer. One of the prayers you must pray regularly is a regular prayer. He said, then I said, that's my emphasis for today. Hopefully we'll develop it next time. Then I said, you must in prayer engage your mouth all the time. You don't just assume. You know, one major issue with Christianity, I find out that people make a mistake. Like this, book, this little book I told you I'm writing, I'm about to finish it now, on how to receive the Spirit. Is that there's one thing you find with Christians, they, they make the mistake. Of course, we're reading from Ephesians chapter 5. He said, be not drunk with wine, wearing this exit, but what? Be filled. The other word, be filled, is a continual word. Be, like one man said, be being filled. Be continually filled. Alright? Be filled with the Spirit. Something you do all the time. It's not the once and for all thing. I, 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 I hear a lot of Pentecostal preachers preach. I say this person received the Holy Spirit in 19, uh, maybe in 1985. There's nothing like that. The Holy Spirit you re- received in 85 can finish in 86. I hope you're getting my point. So stop, stop keeping record of when I received the Holy Spirit. It doesn't have any meaning. You have to continually be filled. You have to continually receive the Spirit. If you see Peter and Co., the number of encounters in a few chapters in which he received the Spirit was two. The day of Pentecost, he received the Spirit. Then after they were threatened, the place where they gathered to pray was filled with the Holy Spirit, was shaken again, and they were all filled with the Spirit again. The same people that were filled on the day of Pentecost. Paul now wrote and said, keep yourself continually full of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Christian must understand. Now, what I want to say will sound funny. But in the same manner, yes, you gave your life to Christ some years ago. We thank God for it. Spiritual things are like this. If you don't, now listen to what I want to say. If you don't constantly give your life to Christ again, on a daily basis, consecrating your life to him regularly, you backslide and don't know it. Spiritual things, they, they, they just glide away from you. They just glide away. You won't even know. That's why, you know what he said? We have to pay earnest heed to the things we have heard. Lest they do what? They sleep. They just sleep away. They just sleep away. Just grant gently. So all this praying that Christians will be doing, using the pursue which pursue wizard, is a prayer time they should have been using to consecrate their lives on a regular basis. 
you consecrate your life to God to serve his purpose for your life 10 years ago, you will do it again today. And that's because I'm just reminding you, suppose I've done it 9 years ago, and 8 and a half years ago, and 8 years ago, and 8 years and 9 months ago. Basically, every time you remember it, you get on your knees again. And don't say, no, say it again. Say the same things you said to him before. Because you see Jesus, he was tempted again and again and resisted the devil again and again. He never stopped resisting. And the heaviest resistance, you remember, was just before he went to the cross. Yes. Satan, you think he lets him alone? For where? Now, I'm not going to emphasize the Satan. No. I'm not going to emphasize our defense. Our defense is constant consecration to the plan, the will, the purpose of God for our lives. He said, then I said, we're going to get, come back to it next time. Then I said, he didn't just read it, he said it. That is, I will get, get on my knees in my room, I will say to God again, I will live for you alone. Your purpose I will serve. No matter what comes my way, my life is in your hands. I trust you, the destiny you have for me. Then said I, I come in the volume of the books that is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O oh my God. Your law is within my heart. The spirit of God is inside me. It is pushing, that is, I keep on consecrating myself to the will and purpose of God for my life on a daily basis. Like when temptations come, of course, you know, the temptations that push us away from the will of God is just one. Uh, who knows the second one? Okay, maybe they're up to two. But it's also one I found out, okay, for men, Sha. Okay, for, for men, it's just one thing. What is that one? One of God. Eh? Money. Money. It's money. There's no, there's money. It, it's not plenty of money. Oh. oh, no, 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 no. It's not money. See, let me tell you the truth there. People think that plenty of money is a temptation. No. Plenty of money is a temptation to a sinner. So the Christian is not. You can't give a good Christian man hmm, one million dollars to go and do something. He won't, he won't agree. Say, okay, make it 10 million. The higher it is, the more suspicious he is of you. So how much is that? So, okay, man of God, you won't agree. We say we should you preach this message for us and do this. You say, no, we'll one million dollars. Then make it 10 million. That guy is uh, not serious. In fact, the more, the more you increase it, the more he's looking at you, say, this guy will still start growing horns now because he's looking like Satan the more. You know the ones that's really temptation? It's small money. It's funny by small money. This message you are preaching. Your wife will come and say, the children never eat. If you just twist the money in the message small like this, at least 10,000 naira will come home. That is the one that's dangerous because you don't think you're a sinner. You don't think you're covetous. You just want to buy bread. That is the dangerous one. That is the dangerous one. Yeah, the big one. I mean, you come and meet a man of God. Say, come, let's go and shoot somebody. We'll give you fifty million dollars. You don't look like that. What do you mean by that? If I will cast out the demon out of you, won't like, block the road. Cast out the demon out of this guy. You won't agree. But the real sort of God. That's why that's the one he said. You cannot serve God and Mammon. Go and see what Jesus said. What is Mammon? What shall we eat? What shall we drink? With what shall we clothe ourselves? These are the basic things of life. That's mammon. That's the one that is deadly. That's the one in which my children must study a course so that they can get a job. That's mammon. 
met a woman once. I was do, trying to do small counseling for her, but she wasn't listening. She was there. The daughter was there. The girl said she wants to be a lawyer. The mother said, no, you must be a nurse. So I was confused. Like, excuse me, I don't get what is going on. The girl said she wants to be a lawyer. What do you want to be? He said, how many lawyers do I see getting jobs in America? That's what somebody's mother asked me. But if you're a nurse, you, as soon as you get to America, you get a job, which is not a lie. Yeah, no, sharp, sharp. I mean, if you don't go to America. From Nigeria, they'll give you a job. If you're a nurse, you are smart, you, you apply for a job from here. You will get, you, you, no, UK especially, Canada, from here, they will employ you. So that's what this woman was telling me. So the young girl that wanted to be a lawyer, <laughs> lawyer my foot. My friend, I'm <laughs> being nurse. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? With what shall we clothe ourselves? Number one reason, especially men, miss the plan of God is mammon. Not big money. It's mammon. It's security. You want to be secure. You want to open a church where the congregation will be big so that, you know, when you count tight and offering, they can pay you a decent salary. Yeah, I mean, those are the, those are the sins of ministers. The antidote is what I'm talking about. The antidote is a constant consecration. Then I said. Then I said. It's important you say it regularly. Then I said. Behold, I come. Behold, I live to do your will. Behold, I live to fulfill the purpose of God for my life. Then I said. What shall I say? Jesus said, will I say, Father, deliver me from this hour? He said, but for this cause, I came to this hour. Then I said, when Jesus, I told you, temptation was there all the time. The biggest temptation was the final one in the garden when he went to pray. Father, if it's possible, let his cross pass over me. Then I said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Then I said, you know the problem with people, they want to they want to obey God by willpower. You know, I've said it many times, it doesn't work. God gave us willpower to do a very small thing. And what's that small thing? What do you say? Yeah, I can prove to you from scripture. Willpower is given to you just so you can do what? Say something. If you go and just Joshua chapter one. He said, you must be courageous. That's what he said to him. You must not be afraid. Let me just get there. I want to get it right. I'm going to, around verse 8, because we are going to get into verse 9. Okay, let me go from verse 5. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Verse 6, this is what you need to do. Be strong and courageous. He said, you are going to give these people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Verse 7 says what? Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. Now listen to this. This book of the law, now this is the key. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, 
and then you will have success. Now, please try and put this together. He said, if you are going to be careful to do, it will be because you were careful to meditate day and night. He said, only be strong and what? Courageous. But if you do what is written in the book, you will make your way prosperous and you will make success. He now said to him, be strong and courageous. Also in verse 9. Now, where am I going with all of this? You say, if I read the book of the Lord, meditate there in day and night, I will be able to do everything that I'm supposed to do. You say, be strong and courageous. You know what I understood from that? He wasn't saying, be strong and go to battle. He was not saying, be courageous and go to battle. He was saying, be courageous and meditate. Be strong and meditate. He said, how does that work? I'll tell you. Does it not happen? You wake up in the morning and you want to dash out, you're almost late. It takes courage to say, let me meditate first. It takes courage. Hey, it takes courage. You have exam tomorrow. You know, it takes courage to leave everything to come and sit down and hear the word. I don't know whether you're getting my point. It's not courage to stay up all night. It's courage to leave the book aside for 30 minutes and say, let me meditate on scripture. It takes courage to tell the people, hey, hey, listen. This is what Moses said we should do. They want to make a decision. Say, get me my scrolls. Okay, let's be practical. Get me my scrolls. Sir, this is not time for Bible study. Get me my scrolls. Okay, sir. Joshua said, get the scrolls. Bring it. Here, O Israel, the Lord thy God. Okay, the Philistines are gathering now. <laughs> Here, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one God. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength. Okay, sir, the men are waiting now. It takes courage. And there was one man that didn't have that courage. He lost his throne. His name was Saul. Saul just needed courage to wait. Oh, you think courage is just when I see Goliath? No. To wait for Samuel needed courage. What am I going to say? You can't obey. Look, when everybody is running away because there's greener pastors to be found somewhere, and in your heart, you don't feel that's what God wants to do. Oh, you're not even sure. People of God is not to say, me, you know me, I don't have it. No, 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 you, you get, look, 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 you have not been hungry. What you need to do is get on your knees. Don't just assume. You know, you know what Paul said? Let him that thinks he stands. Take it lest he falls. So everybody's doing something. Now that's what we're preaching this season. Courage. How do, where does it come from? Determination to follow the will of God. The power, I wanted to say. The power comes not from determination. It comes from what? Consecration. Then I said. Then I said, so Jesus went to the garden, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Then I said, if you are not going to miss God's destiny for your life, it will be because you, in prayer, constantly say. Let me end with this. Those who keep on focusing us on enemies, this is what they are denying us of. And I said it last time, it sounded like a joke, that evil spirits can help you go to church. They can wake you up, it's, it's night vigil time. Why would they do that? They know you are wasting time. They know the prayers are not effective. After when you get there, all my enemies, this year, that they like it. They will help you go to church. Say, look, brother, that's so and so. Come and start going. It's almost service time. You know why they are doing it? If you are going to spend five hours between 11 o'clock, you are going to jump and dance for, from, when did you start at night vigil? Maybe 10 o'clock. You jump and dance till like 11. Then you shout and pray for one and a half hours, then dance around again. Anyway, just by the time you finish that, you'll have done four hours. Six hours total, four hours of praying. 
of which the four houses that all my enemies, those that say I will not prosper, Satan will always help you go to church. He will never stop you from going. You know why? He knows those prayers are absolutely ineffective. And when you finish praying them, during the day you'll be sleeping and useless to everybody else. That's how to help your enemies feel now. <laughs> so it was a lot of our prayer time. Meanwhile, one major thing we should pray about, because listen to me, all the promises of God are confirmed as you are following and serving him. He said, no weapon that is fashioned against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment you will condemn. This is the heritage of whom? The servants of God. This is the heritage of who? Servants of God. It's important that you consecrate yourself. That I consecrate myself to the will of God for my life on a daily basis. You cannot follow God's plan for your life except then I said it's a constant feature of your prayer. You will get on your knees. Let's ask our feet. Let's just do that for a moment and then we're out of here for today. You will get on your knees in your homes. You will stand to pray. And I say, you have to say that again and again. Just take that portion of the scripture and pray for one minute and then we're done for today. Psalm number 40. That verse, is it verse 6 or verse 7? The verse 7. Yes, that's Psalm number 40. He said in verse 6, Sacrifice and meal offering you have not desired. My ears you have opened. Bond offering and sin offering you have not required. Now verse 7 it says, Everybody read with me. Then I said, Behold, I come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. Verse 8, I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. Now I want you to pray, use that to pray for yourself for the next two minutes. Say to God, say it out loud. I consecrate myself. I come as it is written of the, in the book concerning me. I delight to do your will, O oh my God. It's an important prayer. Say your will alone, not my desire. Your will alone, not my ambition. Your will alone, not my own scheming. Your will alone. I desire to do your will, oh my God. Your law, your law is within my heart. That is, there is a spirit inside me pushing me in that direction. I yield. Say to the Lord, I yield. I yield. Lord, let me walk for the purpose for which I came to this hour. It's an important prayer. Let me walk for the purpose for which I came to this hour. Let me walk for the purpose... He said, Should I, will I say, Father, deliver me from this? He said, but, but for this cause I came to this hour. I may not know it for sure, but Lord, I consecrate to it. Wherever you say I, I should go, that's what I will go. Where I will go. Whatever you say I should do, that's what I will do. The Lord said to Jeremiah, do not say I'm a youth. But wherever I tell you to say, you will say it. Wherever I send you, that's where you will go. Say it like that, Lord. That's my life. My life is like that of Jeremiah. This is where they call it for our learning. Yes, I consecrate, like Jeremiah, to go wherever you say I should go and to say whatever you want me to say. What you are doing is that you are, you are arranging your life to fit the purpose of God. That's how you do it. It's constant consecration. It's constant consecration. Then I said, what are you saying? That is what the question is. What are you saying? What are you saying? Consecrate your life with that particular scripture. I delight to do your will, oh my God. 
I delight to do your will, oh my God. I delight to do your will, oh my God. I delight to do your will, oh my God. 